Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast for Sunday, September 29th, 2019. What's going on? How are you? What's happening? My name is Quinn. This is my voice, and this is my show. Well, it's been, uh, it, it hasn't actually rained for most of the day here in Chicago, but it really has just kind of been misty. You know, I was like the second Pokemon gym leader, right? She was, she was, she, she was pretty hot. Okay, let's just put that out there. I mean, you got a bunch of seven-year-olds, seven-year-old boys across the U.S. playing, you know, Pokemon Blue back there in, you know, 1997 or whatever. And you're you're tooling along, you know, you, you made it through Brock and you got past uh, the the hidden tunnel or whatever it is, moon cave, whatever it's called. And then you get out to the, the third or fourth city, whatever it's called. And they, boom, there's Misty, you know, first you had to go over the nugget bridge and fight, uh, fight your rival. And then, uh, the, the, the rocket guy, you beat him. He gives you a nugget. If you're really having fun with the game, you can, you can get a Mew at that point. Just make sure you get an Abra first that has teleport, um, hey, for any of you listeners out there, if you're saying, whoa, I've been playing Pokemon for 25 years and I, I never got a Mew, just DM me for details. You can always message us, Podcast yahoo.com. Again, that's Beantown, B-E-A-N-T-E-N podcast at yahoo.com. We'll hook you up with how to get that level seven uh, Mew, which is just uh, a pretty, pretty tough to beat Pokemon. Let me tell you. My uh, my ultimate dream was to create a Pokemon lineup. You can have six uh, Pokemon in your kind of queue at one time. And uh, Q's queue was always supposed to be a uh, Dragonite and five Mews, all uh, six Pokemon at level 100, which is the highest you can you can train a Pokemon to be. Uh, I'm trying to think of skill set. I think my 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 Dragonite had probably Hyper Beam, Surf, Thunder, and Dragon Rage. Maybe and Dragon Rage is a for any of you epic gamers or hardcore gamers out there. You know Dragon Rage is an absolute total crap move. Um, it's just like super weak, but it's the only like dragon move, right? There are no there are no other moves, I believe. Um, in the original Pokemon that were like a dragon move. That was the only one. Um, so that was just, you know, you kind of had to have it just because it was so cool. Um, not that you would ever use it over Surf, Thunder, or Hyper Beam, but pretty fun regardless. Um, but then the Muse would have, and I think there this is up for debate, and I'm sure there are lots of different schools of thought on what move sets to have your your muse have because the thing with muse is they can learn any move but they don't learn very many moves just by leveling leveling up so they all got to be tms and hms and stuff i think my muse always had surf thunderbolt blizzard and earthquake maybe i'm trying to think i'm sure somebody could run some algorithms out there and determine what the actual best move set is um for muse and you know in 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 retrospect it probably would have been cool to have each one of my muse like do something differently because here's the thing once you get one level 100 mu once you get one like level 60 mu 
in Pokemon, you can just run through the Elite Four without getting touched normally. And so then when if you can do that with one like level 60 Mew, imagine when you have five level 100 Mews and a level 100 Dragonite. It doesn't really make sense. You know, there's nothing in Pokemon that can really stand up to you at all or come close. So it was kind of a waste to just do the same thing over and over and over again. I think I I came up short. I never quite finished uh that dream out. It's still I believe the stored the or the saved game on our copy of Pokemon Blue which is somewhere in my parents' house, I believe. I hope. And I don't know cuz you know those uh those game cartridges, or maybe it's just the Game Boys that do this, or I think it's the game cartridges too. They, it's not like a battery that's in there, but there's something where after you know enough time passes, it like resets, or the game just like fries or something. I know that happened to one of my Pokemon games, one of the newer ones. So I would, I wouldn't be surprised if it had happened to this older copy that I assume has been in the family, you know probably 20 plus years something like that so um yeah i don't uh i don't really i don't really know how far i got i think i i know i had the level 100 dragon eye and i think i had three or four level 100 muse but i don't think i ever got a fifth one which is uh which is a damn shame anyways you cross nugget bridge and uh you go and you you can get seismic toss right is that tm20 something like that uh a nice little normal move but always fun to have early in the game because the graphics on that move are so cool um but then you go to misty's gym and it's like you you it's like the uh snl harry potter sketch with lindsay lohan as hermione granger kawabunga young uh Young Quinn became a man the first time he fought <laughs> Misty. Um, but she's also a cool trainer, right? Because she's, she's really simple but kind of a pain in the ass. Um, she's got uh, Star star Me and Star You, something like that. I don't really understand. Uh, I understand the names. I just <laughs> feel like it doesn't. And it's not even that it doesn't make sense. It's just like, what's the point? Uh, those were her only two Pokemon. And the the second one, which I think is Star U, I don't know, um, could really kick your ass with, with Bubble Beam if you weren't careful. Now would be a good time to mention that uh, listener discretion is advised when you're listening to the Beantown Podcast. Number one, we'll occasionally use some uh, Pokemon Blue-inspired language. And number two, podcast is objectively terrible although it's always a little bit better you know whether you're a hardcore pokemon fan or not i think it's you know it's just kind of refreshing uh to to go back and 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 reminisce a little bit about the old days because i tell you what i i have one friend who who still i don't know if he you know actively plays pokemon but they're still coming out with new pokemon games i think they're up to gen 7 or gen 8 something like that uh it's like pokemon crystal meth and pokemon opioids or something and I don't even know what platform, like, what's the most current Nintendo handheld device? Is it a Nintendo DS? Is it a Switch? Can you play Pokemon on Switch? I don't I don't really understand um, any of that stuff. A Wii or something? Because they only, because GameCube, I thought was a really big thing, but I don't think you could play Pokemon on GameCube. But then they never came out with, like, another GameCube. 
Um, I think they just switched to Wii, but now I think Wii is done, but isn't there like a Wii 3DS or something or a Nintendo 3DS? Is that different than the Nintendo DS? I don't really know. Um, but let's see, where was I, where was I going? Some Pokemon. Oh, I, I have a friend and he'll sometimes share with me some like new age, uh, by new age, I mean like modern day Pokemon stuff and all these stats and different, you know, kibble numbers and special defense and uber ratings and i you know my uber rating is like a 494 which i thought was pretty good but apparently in pokemon terms it's awful um i'm not even lying apparently there is some like uber pokemon something we were talking about kangaskhan earlier this week and i don't you know i don't know any of that stuff you know what i know i know gen 1 pokemon all 151 of them I know kicking ass going to the Elite Four with a lineup that has no business beating the Elite Four, but you know the Elite Four in and out after playing the game so many times. You know their strengths, you know their weaknesses. So you can get a, a, a team of Pokemon through there all around like high 30s, low 40s, which is on average, if you train six Pokemon evenly, that's about where you come out to. Um, if you just go through the game, fight the trainers, and fight a wild Pokemon here and there. Uh, used to do speed runs, although not as common in Pokemon, but would occasionally do some speed runs against my brother. What would what would be more common for us would be uh, we had Super Mario Brothers 2 for the Game Boy, Game Boy Original, and we would do speed runs on that. That was a fun game. There were 12 levels i believe kind of broken up into four three level segments at the end of each three level segment uh at the end of each one of those levels there would be a big boss fight um and i don't really remember what what the bosses were there was one the end of level six was like an under sea underwater expedition the last one at the end of level 12 you're in a plane Level 9, there's something with, like, rocks and pillars or something. Uh, my favorite level was, I don't know if it's level 10, level 11, something like that, but there's the monkeys, right? They come back to life. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys, and we're, like, zombie monkeys. That was, I tell you what, that, that level always scared the crap out of me because you can, like, bop them on the head, but I think to kill them, you have to have the fireball, which you have to get double mushroom to get or double flower, whatever it was back in that game. Those monkeys were were wild, man. Uh, speaking of zombies, Army Men uh, 2, was that the game that had the zombie level? And there's the old man and the, the classic sound effects. You can still, man, if you, you want to talk about, like, being horrified, don't show me, you know, a scary movie or anything like that. Just show me, like, a YouTube run-through of Army Men 2, and when you get to that level and you start hearing those sound effects, tell you what, that's all I need to piss my pants mercy anyways going back to my original point it's a little misty out here in chicago it had been raining uh, i was driving back from uh from detroit michigan which we'll get to in one second here uh but um right when i got to gary on friday uh late morning early afternoon it just started pouring which is always fun because i don't drive that much um in fact less than I did, you know, the last two years. Uh, I drive even less now for work than I did before. And of course I don't own a car. So I, I consider myself to be a very good driver. I've, you know, been doing this for what, 
nine years now, something like that. Never gotten in an accident, uh, no tickets, nothing like that. Um, but you know, when you're on the interstate and it starts pouring and you get to that point where your, your wipers are going as fast as they can and it's still a little dicey, um, it's just kind of, you know, you just got to drive defensively, but even then you don't know what's going to happen. Case in point, and this had nothing to do with weather, but I had a dear friend uh, who lives in the Nashville area, and he was driving on, uh, I don't know, I-40 or something like that. And he was stuck in traffic on the interstate. Some random, uh, I think like a teenage girl or something, driving behind him, uh, down texting, looking down at her phone, going 50 miles an hour, rams into the, the back of my friend Matt's car. Uh, I don't know if the car is officially totaled. I saw a picture of it on Instagram. It looked pretty rough. Friend Matt's banged up, uh, neck is in rough shape, uh, did not break his nose, uh, which was fortunate because it sounded like he took a pretty good bump head to steering wheel, but um, yeah, pretty rough, pretty rough. So let's see here, um, but I was, I was in Detroit, which was fun, you know, uh, I, <clears throat> so I was working this week. It, first in South Bend, which is a kind of a cute little town. I don't know. I didn't spend a ton of time there, um, but I was working at Notre Dame, which is pretty neat. You know, they got that new student center there. It overlooks the field. Did not see, did not see Sean Astin, which was a little bit disappointing. Uh, TBH, you know, I'm thinking Rudy, Rudy, maybe, uh, maybe he's you know there full time, like they have Sean Astin on retainer. I know they've got him doing the. I know they've got him doing those KFC commercials now, um, but no Sean Asson. Anyway, got to got to look into the field because the student center is like built up alongside the field and it's actually connected, and you can physically on one side of the student center you just exit out and you just walk into the stands. Um, it's really cool. I don't know exactly how they have it sort of structured during games, you know, because they must restrict access to that floor, I would assume, because there are, um, like, seats. Not even the ones that you have to exit the student center to go to. They're, like, bar barstool seats, basically, that overlook the stadium you can just watch. And I can't imagine that any random person could just go up to the game and have those seats. I mean, maybe... Maybe at another institution, but Notre Dame is just like football heaven. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not exactly sure what it was like, but I was there on a Wednesday, so there was, there was no football going on. Uh, had to drive to Ann Arbor the next day, or the 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 the, the, the night of me working at Notre Dame after that. I drove to Ann Arbor. It's like three hours. I was actually staying in Plymouth, Michigan, which is where uh, team. USA Hockey has their arena, which is really neat. Um, I actually, I still, I haven't figured this out. Um, I was going to work at University of Michigan, um, which I had never been to, uh, Thursday morning. And I'm thinking, okay, I should grab some coffee on the way there. It's like a 25-minute drive to get there. So I gave myself plenty of time. So I say, okay, let me let me find a Dunkin' because I love Dunkin', man. Let me find a Dunkin' on the way so I punch it into the GPS. There's one like two miles away. 
So my car take or my phone takes me to this abandoned parking lot. And it's this huge parking lot and there's just like nothing there. And I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Well, I keep driving and driving and all of a sudden I realize I'm at the team uh team USA hockey facility. It's kind of like hidden behind some trees and so I didn't realize where it was at first. But there's no Duncan and as far as I can tell and maybe the 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 team USA officials listening to this can get back to us by tweeting at us at Beantown cast. But I went inside later to the arena at a different point later in the day and I did not see any Dunkin Donuts. I don't think there's currently one in there. So I don't understand where my phone was taking me, probably trying to get me murdered, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, so no, I did not get any coffee. Uh, thankfully they had some, we were at the Michigan league, which is a building, right? It sounds like a dinner club or something or a supper club. I never quite understood what those are. They're really big at like old school colleges. You're like Williams college or something or Dartmouth or something. And instead of like fraternities and sororities, they have supper clubs or maybe they have both. I don't know. Maybe someone who went to a school where there's a party culture can can help me understand what those are. Because I, I legit, and I, I work in higher ed, and I have a master's degree in higher ed. I don't understand what a supper club is. Um, is it as straightforward as it seems, right? You get together once a week and have supper and yada, yada, yada. Or is there something else going on behind the scenes? Maybe something more sinister? I don't know. I I would like to find out. If you have any uh, information on supper clubs, let us know. Um, but I, I, I got to go to Detroit after that, and I'm going to tell you all about it real quick here uh, after I read some ads. This is going to be a shorter episode. We went long last week, and I, uh, I'm i in a bad mood, and I, I'll tell you why real quick. And I'm not going to ramble because I rambled a lot two weeks ago, and I just didn't like listening back to it. One, it wasn't that interesting, but two, it just made me feel bad about myself when I was already feeling badly about myself. But I'll tell you what, so bad day for football. Uh, Both my fantasy teams, well, one of them, my family league, where I was undefeated, got absolutely torched, like not even close. Everybody on my team was just awful, uh, save for one player. My my school league team, which is 0-3, right? I'm defending champion, so that's pretty uh, frustrating. But um, that one was looking like they were going to cruise to victory, get their first one of the year. And then the guy I'm playing, total pain in the butt, coming out of nowhere, scoring some big points late today. And now I'm going to need above average games. I got two guys going on Monday night, but it's going to be not good. I don't know. And then, of course, the Vikings. Um, just, Just absolutely torch. And, okay, first things first. And only quick points here. Bears defense played magnificently. Yep, they did really well. But the Vikings made no adjustments. Their game plan was horrendous. Kirk Cousins lost two fumbles, got sacked, what, seven times? And I would say five or six of those were his fault. Man, there were there were one or two that were blindside hits that were faster than uh, he deserved to be hit at. But it just... And then, so so the logical next thought is, okay, he was holding on to the ball too long. He he wasn't 
always missing reads. Occasionally he was missing reads. There was one play that Romo pointed out where Cook was wide open on a wheel route. Would have been a touchdown. Otherwise, I don't think he was missing that much. The cornerbacks and the safeties for the Bears were just playing really well. But so that's... So that's not me criticizing Cousins. That's say, okay, let's change his game plan. The crazy thing, and I know you're thinking, oh, this was just garbage time, but right at the end there, when the Vikings were moving the ball, it was screens, it was drag routes, it was slants. Like, that should have been the game plan from the very beginning. Um, Way too often today, Vikings receivers just looked like they didn't even want to be there. Uh, I don't know if there's some drama in the clubhouse or in the locker room. I don't know what's going on, but it reminded me, I was also watching Odell Beckham Jr. today um, for the Browns, and I watched quite a bit of the Browns-Ravens game. And on half the routes he ran. He just was not going 100%, didn't look like he wanted to be out there. And that's really the difference today in the Bears-Vikings game because the Bears defense was going 100% the whole time. Um, And then I really didn't think the Vikings defense actually played that well. they gave up 16 points, which on the road is good. But you're playing backup quarterback. Uh, the Bears' offensive line is not that great. And the Vikings, until later in the third quarter, early for fourth quarter, they just were not getting any pass rush. They weren't blitzing. I mean, this should have been no-brainer in my mind. Mike Zimmer, aggressive defense, should have been playing press coverage because your secondary is better than their wide receivers. Absolutely. So you should have been blitzing the hell out of them with Harrison Smith, Anthony Barr, and Eric Kendricks, or Michael Kendricks, whatever his name is, Eric Kendricks. Um, and it just didn't happen. And I, I don't know. The game plan was awful from the beginning, and then there were no adjustments. So I'm really upset with Kirk Cousins. But the more I'm letting it stew, the more I'm frustrated with Mike Zimmer and Kevin Stefanski because they're just... I don't know. They don't seem to really know what they're doing. Quinn's frustrated. Let's read some ads here. I told you I wasn't going to ruminate on it. And then I proceeded to ruminate for for, for multiple minutes. Uh, let's make these quick. Home Pride Oregon. Are you tired of selling your house for less than a quarter of what it's worth, all because you couldn't find a reliable home inspector in time? Well, Oregon listeners, we got good news for you. Home Pride Inspection Services in Bend, Oregon is Central Oregon's hottest new home inspection provider with inspection services, including things like heating and cooling, roofing, plumbing, and so much more. Home Pride Oregon is both contractor certified and home inspection certified so you know you're getting the good stuff if you're tired of big real estate hold on the home inspection market and you want a safe certified home inspector that you can trust better call steve 541-410-0316 or visit homebrightoregon.com that's 541-410-0316 or visit homebrightoregon.com home pride oregon inspection perfection i got like a wart or something on the top of my foot it's a previously unidentified bump well it's still unidentified but now it's been noticed um i might take a nail clipper to that i'll get back to you on that shout out to the samson q2u series crisp clean audio quality even when your football teams really suck it up you gotta trust samson remember when god speaks he uses a samson shout out well not a shout to the tv guide because they literally i know it was the joke for a while but they did they stopped sending me copies after four and i was promised a year's supply of tv guides i don't know i don't i don't understand why 
Um, but the reason I bring it up, and I haven't brought it up in a while, you know the Connors is back on ABC? I feel like it just came out of thin air. Uh, apparently it debuted last week to rave reviews. Sarah Chalk is not back. They got they went back to the original Becky, which is just confusing. And also uh, Johnny Galecki, I think, has been relegated to just popping up once or twice, which is a shame. But uh, the Connors is back Tuesday nights on ABC, so go check it out. Um, did you see the Buccaneers beat the Rams 55-40 to 40 in L.A.? That's that's one of those games that's like your worst nightmare as any NFL team. It's having the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers come to your home and you give up 55 points to an offense that, yeah, Tampa Bay here and there explodes, but for the most part, they're just inept. No run game. They have good receivers, but like... Jameis Winston will throw it to you as often as he throws it to his own team. And you give up 55 points, and you're supposed to be the best defense in football. Yikes. Um, No comment. Last ad here. Cuts by Q. Bob and Weave, we all know the hairstyle. We all love it. But how many Chicago-based independent barbers can actually give it to you the way you deserve? Enter Cuts by Q. It's like Enter Sandman, but just a little different. Cuts by Q has been independently owned and operated since 1995 and is probably one of the better barbershop operations serving Chicago, Cook County, and all of Chicago land. From beehives to bangs, faux hawks to flat tops and everything in between, just call Cuts by Q at 815-298-7200 or you can email CutsbyQ at Yahoo.com. Again, that's Cuts, Q-U-T-Z. By Q at yahoo.com. Oh, when you need a fresh do, something snappy and new, just call the experts at Cuts by Q. You know, I was singing a little Arcade Fire with my guitar earlier today, Afterlife, which is the penultimate track from Reflector, which was their 2013 album, something like that. 14, 15, 2015, was it? It seems late, doesn't it? Let's let's check. Anyways, it turned out really good. I liked it. The only problem is I'm not a good singer. Ooh, hard-hitting facts. Um, and that song's got a big range. So two, uh, double album, October 20th, 2013. There you go. I'm not crazy. So I couldn't pull it off. But it is a really fun one uh, to, to, to sing. Great song. If you don't know the song Afterlife by Arcade Fire, there's a great uh, video from the MTV Music Awards, um, presumably 2014, with Greta Gerwig, who you might know as the director of Lady Bird, writer and director, amongst other things. Among versus amongst. Can we get a, can we get a ruling on this? I don't know what the difference between those two words is. Um, but it's a great, great word. She's dancing, and the band's there, and everyone's just having a good time. Afterlife, Arcade Fire, hell of a, hell of a song, hell of a video. MTV Music Awards. So I go to, so I finish work Thursday at like one thirty in Ann Arbor, which for those of you who don't know, your Michigan geography is about forty-five minutes west of Detroit. So I run back to my hotel real quick, which is halfway between those two cities, and I change out of my suit and tie. As long as I got my suit and tie, I'll leave it all on the floor tonight. Ain't nothing to do tonight. Let me show you a few things. Let me show you a few things. But, but, but I'll show you a few things about love. Got me in the swing of love. 
Anyways, I said anyways a lot today. I blame the two Bud Light Limes that I had. I think the amount, we could do a mathematical equation here, right? The, the amount of anyways that occurs in the Beantown podcast is directly proportional to the amount of Bud Light Limes and or the amount of alcohol in general consumed by Quinn. I think that's fair to say. So I, I stop off, change, and I drive to Detroit not really knowing what I was planning to do because I, I have a family friend uh, who went to med school at Wayne State, so he knows the city very well. But I was like, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm going there. I'm not spending the night there, so it's not like there's you know an event that I'm going to or something. I'm going to get in at like 3.30 on a Thursday. So I'm thinking like, what do I actually want to do? Um, so I, you know, I'm a big, uh, nature fan. You might not know it by looking at me, but I'd like to walk around. I like to get moving and grooving. So there's this cool Island called Bell Isle, uh, that sits in the middle of the Detroit river, which separates Michigan from Ontario and connects Lake Erie to Lake St. Clair, which in turn connects to Lake Huron. Uh, and it belongs to Michigan. It belongs to the U S I can't drive in there without paying, I think it's a $9 park entrance fee or something, though, and I can walk in for free. So the bridge across this river is probably half a mile long, something like that. So I'm like, okay, let me just go park on land, walk in there, and just see what's going on. So I do that. There's a Wendy's about a quarter mile, a half mile away from the bridge, Um, and I'm thinking... I think I'll be okay leave my car there for a few hours, which if you're thinking I'm doing some big foreshadowing thing, no, the car is completely fine. That's not a, it's not a thing. Um, so I parked the car, walk over there. I ended up walking around the entire island, uh, and there were so many cool things on this island. It's really interesting because the island is built out to be the type of place that, you know, you could see just thousands and thousands of people there because there are so many like park shelters, picnic areas, soccer fields, tennis courts, um, almost like a, and it doesn't look like this at all, but almost like a mini central park, you know, there's just like a million things going on, but there's also like a yacht club there. There's Sunset Point, which is a really like classic Detroit picture spot. It's a great place. Uh, it's the western tip of the island, so it faces downtown Windsor and downtown Detroit. Uh, there's this cool old lighthouse that's really neat that I didn't get a ton of history on, but it's just there on kind of the eastern end of the island. Uh, there's like a blue heron reserve. I didn't see any blue herons while I was there. Maybe it's out of season. Maybe they flew north for the winter or something. Um, there were a lot of, uh, high school kids and I couldn't figure out what they were doing. They were like congregating in a field and there are a bunch of different groups with different jerseys, but I couldn't figure out what they were doing. Some of them were hanging out by the water. I was thinking, is there like some sailing thing going on in the river? I couldn't figure it out and I didn't want to stick around long enough, um, to figure out what was going on. But there's a, there's a coast guard station there. Um, and I saw some coast guard guys out for jogs. Um, so the, anyways, there's just this huge path that goes around the entire island and you can drive around it. Although a section of it was closed off for cars. I don't know why, cause there wasn't any construction. They just had signs up, but you can bike around it. You can walk around it. No one gave me any flack. 
and there's some cool like forest slash swamp type stuff in the middle of the island. So it's just really neat. I walked around the whole thing. By the time all was said and done from Wendy's back to Wendy's, I walked 10 miles, but it was really neat. There's a uh, conservatory there. There's an aquarium, right? It's just like this, there's everything going on. Um, there's a, so there's a soccer field and the pitch, the, the turf on that or, or of that field was used in the Pontiac Silverdome back in the 1990, what was it, 1994 World Cup, something like that. They physically transported the turf. I don't know how. I don't know how many pieces, right? I'm not a turfologist, but that was, that was pretty neat. And there's a sign there that says, you know, home of the World Cup, whatever. It was guarded by geese, though. I saw a lot of geese. I stopped counting after about 10,000, but just a lot, a lot of geese. And then there's a there's this building, and we're going to need our Detroit experts to help us out here understanding what exactly this is. But there's this building towards Sunset Point right next to the fountain that's called the Belle Isle Casino, um, which I was just as perplexed by before I got there as you might be listening to this. It's not a... Uh, it's not like Potawatomi or Ho-Chunk or Vegas. You walk in and you can't actually go inside, but there's a lot of um, like open-air walkways that are part of the casino around the actual interior of the building that you can walk around. So I got plenty of looks inside. It's just like an open space, looks like a wedding spot maybe. Um, I think that must they must use it for events or something. I don't know why it's called a casino. It must have been a casino back in the day, which is crazy. I would love to learn more about that. Uh, but these are all things that are on this one island, just east of uh, east of downtown Detroit, in between Michigan and Ontario. Super cool. Walked around the whole thing. I'm glad I did because if we drove, it would have kind of just been like, okay, you know, you can drive around the island in you know a couple of minutes, and then it's like, all right. Uh, so I did that, walked back to the car and then I drove to, uh, to, to bring the story all the way back together, drove back to that abandoned parking lot where I had previously searched for the Dunkin' Donuts 12 hours earlier. And I, uh, there's a brewery at the Team USA hockey facility. And so I went in there, ate some chow, had a Black Butte Porter from Deschutes Brewing because they say, you know, drink local wherever you go. And they were actually playing trivia. They started right when I got there, and I was tempted. I said, hey, maybe I could come in here and clean up out of towner, but I didn't want to be sitting there for, you know, two hours, whatever. So I I didn't I didn't play, I, you know, that I was picking them up, knocking them down, the questions, but I wasn't uh, officially part of it. So I left after, you know, half an hour or so. But uh, yeah, that was Detroit. It was pretty neat. Um, drove around downtown a little bit on my way, my, my way to the hockey facility. I saw Ford Field. I saw Comerica Park, where the Tigers didn't win a home series after May 5th this year, uh, which is pretty shocking considering that was five and a half months ago. Yeah. Love being a Detroit sports fan. It's a big, uh, big grand old time. Okay. That's what I want to do for you. I got to go check out this thing on the top of my foot. I tell you what, I don't know what it is. Uh, I got some nail clippers. I got some Band-Aids. I got some salicylic acid. And uh, we're going to get a little nuts in the bathroom. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Kept it shorter for you this week. 
Hope you like that. Less ranting, less rumbling, less grumbling. Some grumbling, just less grumbling. And hope everyone has a good week. I think we covered everything I wanted to, right? No notes for this show. I just went in and, uh, you know, Vedi Vidi Vici'd it. So uh, Joker comes out next weekend, right? Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, not sure when I'll get the chance to see it. We're going to be in uh, Iowa City, followed by Champaign, followed by Bloomington. And I don't even know where we're going to be recording next week, but it's going to be a good, uh, <coughs> excuse me, a good time. A lot of cornfields where we're going. All right, for all of us here, uh, BeantownPodcast.com, at BeantownCast, and hashtag friends of the podcast. Thanks for listening, and we will check in on you next week.